0: Good job. My name is Chris Shreve, a.k.a. C. Shreve, the professor. Welcome to another episode of Who Needs a Classroom podcast. Today's topics will be trust and reciprocity. If you have not subscribed yet on your platform of choice, please do so so that you can keep up with new episodes as they come out each week. So a lot of this content will come from a class I used to teach at the university called Health Behavior Change. And this was focused, this class, largely on basically theories from sociology and health behavior that relate to the choices you make regarding your health. So smoking, not smoking, exercise. And so we focused on both the individual and the large groups of people and, and how do we you know help them to change. So the theory that these con- that for the context here is social capital theory. And so if you've ever heard somebody say it's not what you know, it's who you know, this theory really relates that quite well and so the core of this theory is about our networks the networks of humans we interact with and so when we interact with a group of people with any human um, trust and reciprocity really end up defining that relationship and the depths and the extent to which we maintain that relationship so these concepts are going to be foundational to you know one-on-one interaction or to large group interaction so Trust, you know, if you were to think, you know, a basic Google search of trust, you'd probably end up somewhere on the way at Trust versus mistrust. This is that first stage from Ericsson of kind of your your development, you know, as a kind of a psychological being is, you know, you crying out for help as an infant and somebody answering the call. And so you learn to develop this pattern of if I need help, somebody comes. If I need something, somebody helps to fix it. Trust versus mistrust. And so if you've developed that trust that early stage, that really helps to set you up for some not accelerated learning, but somewhat I mean you, you're on the right path you know if you if you have mistrust it's going to be very difficult on the that journey of psychological development so it's going to be hard to get to ego development and developing you know strategies to deal with that when you know you don't have this basic trust in others so trust versus mistrust is a huge one, so think of you know trust could be you know as simple as you know can you keep a secret, but it could also be as complex as will you be there for me as a human through my ups and downs cuz those go all over the place right so knowing how to trust somebody is or trust you know the humans around you is easier for some of us than for others all right so reciprocity think there of you know at simplest level kind of if uh if i scratch your back you scratch mine type of thing and so it's more complicated than that but a reciprocal relationship is one that's mutually beneficial. We're going back and forth, you know, it's, 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 you know, we're both gaining something out of it. And so when a relationship feels off balance, when, when someone feels like they're giving more or someone else is taking more from them, then it becomes difficult to keep moving forward and sometimes to maintain trust. And so these are paired up together for good reason. They kind of go hand in hand. So you trust different people at different levels, Um, you have different reciprocity with different folks. So think of, you know, your family is a network of humans you interact with. That's going to be very different dynamically than your workplace or school or a team or, you know, your kind of drinking buddies or whatever the situation might be. You know, there's different dynamics, different norms, different, different scenarios. And those are important to be aware of because those nuances kind of help to define how humans interact so as we interact with kind of any human um and we develop this you know say we're developing trust you know imagine in your own life what that might look like you know whatever that scenario is this could be at work this could be at you know with romantic involvement this could be all kinds of things but you start to develop a trust what kind of inevitably evolves many times out of trust is expectations you know we talk each night we talk weekly or you know I call you when I'm stressed or you call me when I'm stressed, and it kind of becomes this this is your person that you talk to about this, or you know at uh, at work when we're going through hard times me and this coworker kind of you know huddle together and get the work done or kind of find a way to share responsibilities and help each other out and that leads to a cool trust, but the expectation level that's where it gets a little tricky sometimes because you know maybe I expected expected you to do this, but you didn't think that was required if you were expected or whatever, and then it could lead to, you know, some kind of a disappointment in me because I thought you were going to do this, I thought you had my back, that type of thing. Um, and so these expectations can lead to potentially a disappointment from, you know, whoever's setting themselves up for that. So, you know, trust and this connection to expectation, you know, two people start to get romantically involved. They, you know, maybe have clarity, maybe don't about exclusivity maybe in the early months of their relationship and then maybe they have to clarify that and if they don't maybe this person says oh I thought I thought we were exclusive or I thought I thought I was your girl I thought I was your man whatever and next thing you know other person thought the opposite and you know feelings get hurt for sure or you know in any any relationship if somebody kind of goes outside the relationship and breaks the trust that equals it equals you know A difficulty in rebuilding that and then also, you know, sometimes that could be devastating to the relationship or it could equal, you know, you know, again, trust is this foundational thing. So if you can't trust another person, then you're less likely to just, I don't know, lean on them for certain things or, or kind of be willing to, to ask for help when you need it. Because sometimes humans, you know, really need help, but they they don't necessarily have that person to go to, and they might just kind of deal with the burden themselves. I think a lot of humans do that when they're stressed out. They just kind of try to endure or or carry on, and that becomes very difficult. So some of that gets related to expectations. If you have a friend, what are your expectations of that friend or of that other person? Um, And if if they're too high, then maybe if you lowered them, maybe you could have— folks around you that you know you have a more clear set of of kind of standards with uh the other side this uh the reciprocity side so as you develop this back and forth you know um I was going to think of this from different angles you know my own experience like if it's a teammate on sports uh, sports team that's very different than rappers it shows um and so if I think of reciprocity in those aspects maybe it's I don't know, in sports it might be, I developed some like practice habits with a couple of teammates where we would, you know, we knew that we were both going to show up at 8 a.m. and work out really hard for this hour and 15 minutes. And we were wide receivers, so I was going to throw for him, he was going to throw for me. We would work on the tops of routes and coming out of breaks. And it was real, you know, we really were going to help each other get better. And it equaled, you know, we would as you do that over and over three times a week, for like weeks and weeks and weeks, you develop this trust, he's going to be there, I'm going to be there. And that, that really equaled it's almost a it's this good expectation, this good obligation. I want to show up because he's going to show up type of thing. Um, but it was very clear in that case. It was very clear. So in the case of sometimes, let's say in the rapper world, sometimes, you know, you have some shows in your town. You put someone ta- on a show in your town and you thought you were clear with them that this is a show swap. <laughs> but then they're doing shows in their town. They never include you. And so you had this expectation, you felt like they were obligated, maybe they didn't work clear on the obligation. And so again, this gets into the, the human dynamics of, of how we function, you know, what do you expect of me, what do I expect of you? If it's imbalanced, it may not work out right. Uh, for some reason, my brain, when I hear expectations or obligations, I think negatively, you know, for some reason, I'm kind of like, oh, oh, they expect this, me to do this, or oh, I'm obligated to do that. And it doesn't feel like a good thing. Right. But when you think of like a good expectation, you know, like I was just saying with me and my teammate, like I expected him to be there and he expected me to be there. And it wasn't a negative obligation, but we both knew we were kind of like we'd agreed on this. We were obligated to the other to be there. And the workout depended on us both being there. So it developed a good expectation. You know, I I learned like in the summer months, let's say on a Thursday night, which is kind of a cool party night for a lot of people. I would not go out because if I went out and hung out with people downtown in the summer on Thursday, I wasn't going to get up at 7 and be ready to work out and do high-level receiver drills at 8 a.m. And that's what was expected of me in my mind and from my teammate, and that's what we did. So I kind of learned, you know, that expectations can be really powerful and and helpful and motivational and and can get you where you need to go, and obligations can be excellent, you know, our 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 coaches in football, our strength coach, like a mentor to me, Coach Mike Gentry, would you know we were obligated to get these workouts in. You know, if you were there for the summer sessions, you were going to get your three strength workouts in. you were going to get your two agility or conditioning workouts and agility workouts, and all of it was going to be gotten in. If you wanted to go home on Friday to have a long weekend, that's fine, but you better get up at six a.m. or be there at six a.m. to do a workout. Then to go, then you can go home. You're done. You're done at seven thirty. You can come back on Monday at two o'clock. So but it was an obligation to get your workout in. It was expectation that you would get your workout in. So for some reason, my brain goes, oh, there's expectations, it, it feels bad, or, or obligations, oh, it feels, it feels like a negative. But those are actually good things if you put them in the right position in your life. So trust can lead to expectations. Um, again, those could go plus or minus, depending on how you, how you play your cards there in life. Uh, and then again, reciprocity can lead potentially to obligations. You know, the person or the, the dynamic of your relationship depending upon you continuing to bring this to the table and them bring that to the table. And if somebody falls short, what happens then? So if they're obligated and they didn't do it, what happens then? Um, so I think I've, you know, I think we've all heard, you know, again, the cliche, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And so that implies that the people you know and the networks around you and the connections you have are almost more vital than the content of what you know, <laughs> right? So it matters less about me knowing the standards of my profession and more about me knowing the right people within my profession. That's, that's crazy. But many salespeople, many humans on this earth, I don't mean to say salespeople, but like many, you know, say it could be real estate agents. It could be folks in uh, academia. It could be folks in the stock market. It could be folks in healthcare. Um, If you know the right person who has the job opening, that's going to get you in the door. Um, Now, if you, if you don't have the right background, you're not going to become, you know, uh, like a family nurse practitioner, if you don't have the required, you know, background, so you have to have the right background to create a, to be able to capitalize on opportunity. I think Yogi Berra said what? Uh, um, what do you say? I think something. It's something might be like uh, the harder I work, the luckier I get. You know, there's another quote. I think that's his, but there's another quote that's something like o- opportunity knocks for those who are prepared. Something to that that extent. Um, I'm probably butchering all that <laughs> and misattributing it, but that's okay. Um, but the idea is that if you're prepared, you can get lucky, you know, say in, in sports, like the guy in front in, in football, it happens, somebody in front of you gets dinged for a play and they come out for a play or two and you get your shot, right? You were go going the, you go into the, the field and you get to be on for maybe a play or two or, or whatever. If you go out there and all of a sudden you make a play, I was a receiver. If I go out there and they call my number, they call a pass play, and I go out there and catch a ball and then make some people miss and, you know, get a bunch of yards after the catch or go score a touchdown, like they're going to throw to me again. So when you get your shot, you got to capitalize, right? You got to jump on that opportunity. So um, I was rambling there. What the hell am I talking about? Oh, yeah. So uh, (laughs) if you're uh, prepared, you can make that play. Right. So the only way you're gonna make that play is to be able to be capable and competent to do that. Like, I think of for some reason I've been checking a lot of stand up comedians and, and, and listening to how they talk about they de- how they develop their routines and it, it reminds me a lot of how indie rappers like myself develop our routines. We go to all these underground shows and, and test songs and the songs develop as we as we realize, man, that one resonated. They love that chorus, da da da. You develop the set that is is, is Tested, tested, battle-tested, road-tested before you get there. But, you know, that's the process. Like, that's the developing of the skill. Like, so that, again, if the comedian ended up on stage, they end up killing with this material that they developed preparing it, right? Opportunity favors the prepared person. So the receiver who jumps in the game, he can't make that play if he hasn't been doing the work, right? He's not just going to go out there like, oh, man, you got a shot, and they happen to throw it your way. Like, if you weren't prepared when they threw it your way, the the defender probably stopped you like you if you're prepared you can knock his hands down get around him stack him do a double move you know, get open um, but if you're not prepared you don't even know what I just said right if you're not a receiver who's prepared you don't know how to do any of that and so if you're a comedian you don't have this this three minute five minute ten minute set so if they called your number and you went on to you know back in the day Johnny Carson you don't you can't kill it with that if you don't have it you have to have the set so doing the work preparing. Is the biggest part of, in my mind, the opportunity. If you don't have the preparation, when the opportunity arrives, you won't be there, able to do it. Uh, I made a song some a couple years ago called The Glow, and it's about this moment where we were having a cypher after a show with a couple of friends of mine, and a bunch of people were around, but I was in the cypher with one of my best friends, and Tucson, who's uh, this one of my closest uh, rapper friends and just good folks in life. Um, and we were with Guilty Simpson. We had opened up and performed a show with Guilty Simpson, and we were doing a show. And I'd had these many show moments where I'd seen Tucson shut down a Cypher moment because he murdered it so hard. And he was crushing. He This dude is like, was my close friend. He's going off, just off the top, going around the Cypher, talking about the moment that just happened and the the show and everything. Guilty Simpson's right here. He's just sucking the air out of the cypher. And I've been in a cypher with two and watched him do this. And everybody after that moment is usually sh- just shook to go after him because he he just killed it. He just just took the air out. It's over. No, everybody doesn't, you know, unless you were just a, like a higher level tier MC, you don't want to follow that. So I saw it coming. I kind of just saw that was about to happen. He was crushing. And I realized nobody was going to go. At the time, I was like super into cipher. Like, I'm always into Cyphers, but I was, like, safe God territory. We had, I had my own Cypher. I was super in the Cypher movement in North Carolina. And so I knew it was coming. I was like, damn, I can't let him just crush this, and then the Cypher is over. I, at the time, I, at the moment, I was thinking I should, like, bait Guilty Simpson into rapping. I want this Cypher to keep going. So, 2 crushes it and finishes it. I was, like, waiting in the wings for it to die, and to finish. So, 2 kills it. And second it was over, I just I had seen the moment before it shows, and I was like, I didn't even miss a beat because I'd seen my friend Mike Live do this. And he just, like, when two was done, he came right off two at a different show. And I was like, okay, you have to, if you're going to follow it. Because um, I'd seen when that didn't happen. If, if you don't follow it, it's over. Like, the cypher stop. The cypher will just be like, oh, it's, close it out. It's over. So I didn't want it to stop. So when two stopped, I jumped in right behind him. And I, th- I remember Guilty was dapping two up for how ridiculous this he just had had rapped, and then i'm going off and i just started going off on the cypher like everybody that was in it and i i like talked about detroit for guilty i talked about raleigh for tucson and just i was in the zone and i was going off and i remember guilty loudly announcing as i'm rapping like maybe like 10 bars in that oh y'all some mcs in north carolina y'all need some rappers y'all some mcs and it was because two had just murdered it and i just kept it going and we and the cypher wasn't gonna stop and then after the show after that that Verse, I think so. I, I tossed it back to two, and he tossed it back to me like twice. I think it went, and then we opened it up, and like everybody, somebody else jumped in. We kinda kept the cipher going, but somewhere in there, you know, Guilty just says to me, Man, you got the glow. And it, the glow was just like the cipher energy, really. I mean, like some part of me was like, My ego was like, Oh, I got the glow, <laughs> but it really was just the cipher's energy was on full blast, and I grabbed it and did it too. And so he saw it in full blast, and I know I have the glow also, but the glow comes from that energy from that moment presenting itself of opportunity where oh man i'm in the cipher i can rap but i have to have the preparation to be able to take that moment if you're on the football field you have to be able to make that catch make that play make those moves if you've not been working on it you can't make it if you can't rap like that been been in those ciphers if you're the comedian if you can't have the punchline and the knowledge of like setup, knock it down, of timing, then you don't have the skill set to take advantage of the opportunity when it presents itself. So the key thing is the preparation. Are you prepared for the opportunity? Uh, it's one of the things I'm so frustrated about with COVID is I can't road test these songs. I just got to like put them out sometimes. That that's tripping me out a little bit because I developed this trust with the audience. Like I want the reciprocal interaction. I want to say call and response. I want to see how y'all vibe off of the vibes I'm putting out. So obviously the rap world is one level of, of, of my network, right? When I played football, that was a different level of network. These things have different, again, trust levels, different you know different levels to have the channels of communication. Um, when you look at social capital theory, that was what I was kind of bringing up in the beginning for the point of reference for the, the, the lecture, quote unquote, um, one of the things they talk about is the levels of bonding between you and other folks. So Three big levels talked about here um, with relationships: so a bonding level, um, a bridging level, and a linking level. So a bonding level, a true bond. Like think like you know, blood is thicker than water. (laughs) To DMX. Uh, Like if your mom gave birth to you, that bond is inseparable. Same with an amazing father. Same with an amazing sibling. Same with um, sometimes an amazing teacher or or someone in your life who is a mentor. That type of thing. So. Bonding is this very close type familial almost relationship, right? So bridging it's a little different. Bridging is oftentimes like across different spectrums. So you're not related to the person. You don't live in the same town as them. You somehow maybe y'all uh maybe you play sports together. You you both happen to like both play on the same, you know, like chess team. It's a it's a bunch of folks like chess. And so you like folks because they like chess. So it's a specific activity, and it's not about necessarily class or about social structure or about interact. This is a common, united thing. So if you like volleyball or whatever this specific thing we think about, it can bridge the gaps between socioeconomic status. So... Um, if you like taekwondo or judo, your class might be filled with folks from different backgrounds. That's a cool bridging relationship. These bridging relationships can equal kind of a dynamic that's very different than your normal familial ones or the ones like right in your kind of community. Um, linking ones are going to depend on power. So like your employer, employee, um, police to citizens, you know, these, some of these links, if they're developed on power, are not as strong. I mean, they're strong from a power structure, but they're not strong from a, a, a point of view of like, I trust you. Or I believe what you say, that type of thing, which is more powerful from a human perspective. Um, so again, those levels of relationships, um, they get into maybe you know context of how you should form your bonds and in the, in the relationships you have. Because if you expect your teammate to maybe be for you, be there for you on this like super deep level, that's like about emotional thing. Maybe they've never been. That, that's not a part of y'all's relationship. Maybe y'all's relationship is much more be, based on kind of this locker room dynamic and like working out and like the trust of you know being there and working out but it's not really about necessarily being this support apparatus that maybe another friend is able able to be there for so the norms really matter sometimes of how what's the dynamics of your family what's the dynamics among your peers um very different from like drinking buddies to grandparents right (laughs) you know the interaction is very different and the trust and norms and expectations is very different so you want to kind of be aware of that when I think of norms I think of like um for some reason I've lately kind of uh when I have like a little bit of free time and I always want to like watch something or kind of zone out a little bit I've been watching like gangster movie stuff um and I have a bunch in my collection like I have DVDs but I've been watching stuff on DVD or on YouTube too and so when I think about gangsters and like Mafia structure, or you know you know wise guys or you know mob life type stuff, I think about very much trust and reciprocity, even though you think of like that world being this underworld and like you know double cross and all that nah think about like Godfather stuff like uh you know favor like a favor like there may come a time where I ask you to do me a favor that's <laughs> that type of thing, and so if I express this avenue of reciprocity, say, you know, I do a favor for you, then I expect eventually for you to do a favor for me. And, you know, this trust of of omerta, of silence, that's the kind of a trust thing. We're not going to talk about this. Our dynamic, our business relationship will not be talked about to the cops. It's like, you know, that's a a key thing. So I thought about gangster movies being a funny thing. Um, When I thought about like my rap stuff, like my rap life is a lot of that, man. If somebody like, you know, you kind of, look this guy out, do a, let him do a couple of shows with you, take him on tour type of thing and then he doesn't look you out or you do you give this guy a verse and then later he tries to charge you for a verse or y'all talk about doing music together then this guy wants to charge you 200 or 300 a beat. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, that's harder for me than I, we originally talked about. So trust and reciprocity becomes an interesting thing in the rap world. Uh, when I was at Virginia Tech in football world. I mean, like you start to develop real camaraderie with you know a tight knit group of people. There's like 85 scholarship guys in the team, 105 if you count the all the walk-ons of us who you know aren't on scholarship yet or who then eventually earned one. You know, there's 100 guys on a squad, right? So, you know, you start to realize you need a tight knit group of people around you who who can look out for you and who become your workout buddies or your you know the folks who are in the same major as you and help you look out for assignments in class or whatever it might be, but you develop different norms and different standards of operation. And I trust him to do this and he trusts me to do that. And, oh, I look out for him. He looks out for me. That's key. So when you think about this, it's not what you know, it's who you know. We're talking about social capital. How can you activate the network around you? And I think in the social media generation, we think, of, oh, man, I can activate this many friends to like help me mobilize whatever... Like online campaign I have, it's so much deeper than that. It's not about again, this is the rapper in me thinking about how many people can share my link or like help me build this this momentum. It's it's about how the right connections or having the right level of trust and like this this interaction with folks equals when the right opportunity is out there, this person will know, ooh. That's the guy to talk to, to, oper- to, uh, <laughs> oper- to offer it to. If your friend gets this huge opportunity, let's say you know, it's a, in coaching. I have some friends who went into coaching. All of a sudden, this, this coaching position opens. There's only one person that they get to recommend, right? They only get to say, this guy's the right guy for the job. And so that's a key thing is how are they going to recommend you? So it becomes not just how many people will share your link, obviously, but like what's the depth? of connection. If you develop this level of trust and and reciprocation with folks where maybe in the rapper world, maybe I always send my most, my my dopest tracks to this certain DJ first. And he develops this, oh man, you always send this to me before anybody even seen it. And oh man, I'm going to, he might reciprocate by giving you airplay before anybody else. You develop this trust that like, okay, I hit you first. That's the rapper world. It, It could be you know, with a, in football, it was about your, the coach. The co- my, my receiver coach would over and over tell me, I got to be able to trust you in the game. If it's the fourth quarter and we need this first down and it's this certain play, and I know the X gets probably the ball in this scenario, am I okay putting you at X? And if you're the walk-on like me who came from nothing, who tried to make it to where people would trust you, that's difficult. One of my first big shots, like big shots in a prime time situation, I think I was junior year, maybe sophomore year, so I have to look back, maybe junior year. Um, let's say that. And I was, I was maybe in the rotation, but I wasn't getting like burned like that on this field. But like my, my fellow X, ex, X's split end, uh, he lost his shoe. His shoe came off <laughs> and they had to come out of the game and they threw me in there and it was third down. I think it was third down and six, or third down and seven. And, uh, my responsibility was a hitch. It had no conversion. It was a hitch. I had to run a hitch, even against press. And this is a bunch of football shit, but, um, Bottom line, I knew I had to get whatever the yardage was, six yards or seven yards. I knew there was a yardage marker, so I was like, I'm going to get the yardage, and then I'm going to get it, and I'm going to do the route. It's hitch to stop. It's an easy route, but it's not easy against press. Anyways, ran the right route in football. you got to get two pluses, right? So responsibility, plus. I did the right thing, and then execution, I got a plus because they threw it to me, and I made the play. Caught it, fell forward, got the first down, but I got it because my, my dude lost his shoe. The dude in front of me lost his shoe. He had to come out for an equipment adjustment. I went in, made the play. So when your number gets called, if you can't make the play, if you didn't know to adjust your route, like hitches normally convert on the outside. They go to a, become a takeoff or a quick, you know, fadeaway type, type play. They become like a quick, uh, quick takeoff. But on the inside, they don't. If I didn't know that, for some reason, I remember that to this day. But back then, if I didn't know that, if I had been drilled into my head by my coach, if he didn't trust me, if he didn't know, if he didn't know that I would remember this at 39 years old, if he didn't know that he had grounded that into my head and could trust me, that his expectation would be met. And if I didn't know that, I I was obligated to know that. Even though I was like fourth quarter, I wasn't in the game. Like there was two other receivers who were better than me. Like there was four receivers in the game and I wasn't in. But for some reason my 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 man went out with the shoe and so the fifth receiver went in, which was me. And so I I knew the play, knew how to execute, I did execute. So he expected me to, I met the expectation. That equaled more obligations. Like I went to other games and was told I need to do this and I did it. Like so it's different in every situation, whether you're a rapper, whether you're a football player, on some gangster shit, if they tell you if if your number is called, you gotta arise, but hopefully their expectations match your ability. And that's kind of the key thing. So uh, I'm rambling a little bit. We headed towards a little bit of a long episode, but that's okay. So social capital <laughs> theory, which is what this, ca- this uh, builds a whole lot on. If you want to tap into your social capital, which is like literally a capital around you, like so money, like a, a literal resource. If you want to tap your social capital, you have to develop trust and reciprocity with folks. If folks don't trust you, they will not rely on you. They will not reach out to you in a situation where they need somebody to answer the call. If you do not develop reciprocation with folks, then they're not going to give you the opportunities or the resources for you to then give it back to them. Because y'all didn't develop that two-way thing. I had numerous times, it's mostly rapper stuff, where I gave folks opportunities. I provided opportunity. I, I said, you know, this is this. And and even made it clear to folks like, you know, when you have something in Raleigh or Durham or wherever you're at, like I need an opportunity there, and they didn't come through. And when you realize it's not two-way, oh, you just wanted to come this place, then next thing you know, I'm like, ah, well, why would I keep inviting you? Why would I keep doing that? Why would I keep shooting myself in the foot? So if you wonder about your relationships with folks, ask yourself, have I been like watering the trust? have I been reciprocating? If you haven't, that's your answer for that relationship, for that, why that network is no longer viable to you. And this is difficult for a lot of situations, a lot of different networks, a lot of relationships for folks, because especially right now, while things are so different, like how do I reciprocate for folks? I can't provide shows. Like how do I, how do I network? There's no word. I'm not traveling right now. I don't want to do shows like I really wish we could do shows, but inviting people to, perf- to come see my performance in Texas has no value to me right now. I know y'all going to come to a show in Texas. I get it. Y'all don't give a fuck. <laughs> and y'all go out. No offense to Texas. I love Texas. What up, Austin? Um, and same with Florida. What's up? Pensacola, what's up? Tallahassee. But um, nah, I'm not, I'm not throwing a show out there. No. No, 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 no. My degree is public health related, bro. Health promotion is my wheelhouse. I want y'all healthier, not coming to my show and risking your life (laughs) for an infectious disease because I can rap good. No! I'm going to focus on developing rap material um, of which I can roll out when it's time to for the next probably year, however long I have to. And then when it's time, I'm going to roll out an ill album, probably some vinyl, some videos, the whole nine. But for right now, y'all getting these podcasts... Uh, I'm going to just keep doing that because it ain't worth it. Like for right now, the crazy thing we're talking about social capital to me, if you're out there trying to get people to do shows, I have folks, I've seen people do shows in South Carolina cause I'm, we're North Carolina, right? I mean, that's where my home territory is. So South Carolina isn't far away. Folks are doing shows there, right? South Carolina don't give a fuck. Florida don't give a fuck. Texas don't give a fuck. I'm not going to those places and doing shows. I know y'all want to do shows. I know y'all want to just party. I seen, you know, what? Tampa Bay just won the the Super Bowl. I seen them celebrations. Alabama just won the national championship. I seen y'all celebrations in Tuscaloosa. Nah, bro. So I don't think that social capital right now, in rapper land, social capital equals how many people show up at the show, right? How many people? That's your social network, right? How many people turn out and buy tickets? Right now, that's not valuable, man, because y'all... Are, will be in danger of contracting an infection like come on man i'm not giving y'all a virus to come see me rap so anyways hopefully that develops trust <laughs> in y'all as a listener because i don't want to put y'all in danger hopefully that's a reciprocity type uh olive branch because i don't want y'all to get sick i want to not put y'all in harm's way so that's why i'm not doing shows That's part of, hopefully, my trust and reciprocal interaction with my audience. Hopefully, you other artists understand that. Oh, man, this might be the longest episode ever. We're going to head towards 35. But no, I'm about to be done. Uh, Thank y'all kindly. Trust and reciprocity is important. If you have a relationship in your life that is not working as it should, examine the trust. Examine the reciprocity. Do more to create a two-way street. Do more to be a person and a place that is trustworthy. If you are not that, person will not move forward with you. It's just what it is. Why would they keep calling your number if it's not a chance? Nah, not a chance. Like if they can't depend on you answering it, like rising to the challenge, not just answering the call, but rising to the challenge. If not, why would they call your number? I'm not talking about phone numbers. This is like sports shit. Why would they call your number? Why would I put you in the game if I need a big three and you ain't gonna hit it? Ah, so Prepare yourself properly because then when opportunity knocks, you can knock down the, uh, the, the moment. That will equal a trustworthy relationship with the person who called your number. Learn to over and over and over rise to the challenge that creates a, a trust from that person who called your number. Then they realize, man, they always just nail it. That's reciprocation. They're like, when I call on him, he nails it. I call on him, he nails it. That means they need something, you did it. Hopefully one day when they call you back and say, "Yo, I need you to look out for me, then you reciprocate that back. That will create this ultimate amazing relationship in which humans can function at a higher, higher, a higher and higher level. So when trust and reciprocity functions at the super level, like that's where magic happens, for real. Like Rockefeller Records happens when that happens, like you know, it's when Dr. Dre and Snoop come together, when the Beatles come together. I used to talk about synergy in class. This has been my last topic, and I'll move on. I'll let y'all get, on, get through y'all's day. Uh, when synergy happens, it's the more more than the sum of its parts. So like one plus one plus one plus one is five, right? The Beatles, right? There's four Beatles, but it's the Beatles, right? That type. Of st- I used to tell class. I would. I did that one for a while, and then like I realized at some point that you know, in like 2018, they didn't know who the Beatles were, and so I was like the Migos. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, you know, it's three people, but it's amigos, So it's like, you know, it's, it's, they're bigger than the sum of their parts. And so if you want to work with other humans and connect and magnify each other's talents, if you want to be Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg on The Chronic, if you want to be Pete Rock and CL Smooth, if you want to be Gangstar, then you've got to trust somebody, right? You've got to go back and forth and reciprocate positive and negative charge like interaction right that's what like magnetizing shit is it's charge right you got a plus and minus it back and forth to where it's just like wow I don't know what I'm rambling about anyways uh, trust and reciprocity develop trust with folks is hard if you've been violated and you don't trust folks I know bro. I feel you I feel you learn learn to trust somebody but it only one of the tests for, for, for trust is reciprocation man just do a little olive branch for people do something for somebody and if they don't do it back or they don't even like acknowledge it back or they don't reciprocate it back in any form or fashion don't keep giving them sh- don't keep watering that you know make sure the plant of y'all's relationship, because like every little little relationship is kind of like its own thing like your dynamic so if one person is watering it it isn't going to work so you gonna have to keep watering together so if you water it and you water it and you're like damn they ain't even gonna water this then maybe you should not water that plant over and over maybe there's other plants to go water anyways <laughs> Trust, reciprocity, that is key to human relationships. Uh, examine what your expectations are. Examine what you uh, feel is an obligation of your people around you to you and what you, how you are obligated to them. This will help determine the quality of your networks. These networks will oftentimes present you with your opportunities to succeed, uh, to up your level, and whatnot. So, anyways. thank y'all how long is our episode oh we got a long episode it's the longest episode ever man look at him go anyways uh thank y'all kindly i hope y'all are well i'm hoping i think donald trump's trial started daily his senate shit i hope uh i hope he gets you man (laughs) i hope this man gets put out in the like the uh what they call the stocks like i hope he gets like you know put out there and like we could hit him with some rotten fruit or some tomatoes, but anyways, that ain't going to happen. They're probably going to do some dumb shit because American politics is on some bull. So anyways, uh, I'm not going to talk about that right now, but anyways, the people around you, uh, it's hard to trust folks. I feel you, but learn to trust the right folks. You can use, you know, favors. <laughs> uh, there may come a time where I may come ask you to do a favor for me. <laughs> what does he say? What, is, uh, what does he say in... Uh, He's like, oh, you only ask for a favor once. Like when, when folks ask you for a favor, understand like if this dude asked you, I need you to do this for me. Like some folks don't ask twice. And the Godfather, he's like, he only asks once for the favor, right? Like, so when folks ask you to be there for them, recognize some folks don't trust folks easy at all. So if they ask for something and they were like, yeah, I need you I need you right now. If y'all don't, tr- if you don't, aren't there, if you don't it's like, I'm all right, that to them equals, you're untrustworthy. You're not on my team. and um, Some folks will make that decision quick. So, anyways, damn. I hope y'all are well. Who needs a classroom? <sighs> Clearly I do. Sorry for the long-winded uh, lecture today, but, you know, sometimes we got some uh, air in our chest that needs to get out. Hope y'all are well. Hope, uh, hope you're staying healthy out there. Wear your mask. Um, I'm not in public health like I used to, but Check your CDC regu- uh, recommendations. They might say two masks. They might say 20 feet from people. They, what are, you know, they, they, they got research out. I'm not in class anymore teaching that. I used to teach that. These days, I'm just uh, shoot, I'm teaching fourth grade online to my little man. I'm trying to help him to get through life. I'm trying to help my wife to get through being a family nurse practitioner every day and be on the front lines of healthcare. care. Uh, I'm over here trying to make beats and write raps and somehow have art be the thing that rescues me through all this bullshit so uh, I hope y'all are well I hope you're fantastic I hope your life is filled with uh, whatever dreams you're pursuing Uh, learn to trust a couple people that are keyed around you and you might be able to go farther Uh, a smart person near me one time told me uh, faster, alone, further, together so I don't know chew on that one as we finish up hope you're well peace (laughs) y'all Let's